This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Five Star Zone with Rico Beard and Howard Griffith. All right, welcome to another edition of the Five Star Zone. Rico Beard, Howard Griffith. Howard, we just came off of the Big Ten Championship game, and it kind of went how people thought. A Michigan coronation. Uh, Donovan Edwards showed that he uh, he didn't miss a beat. Blake Corm out of the game, but Michigan kept the running attack going. I still want to know what what is the speech given at halftime. Because no one scores a touchdown, period. I mean, at this point, the D.C. should start giving TED Talks because this works. I, I'm just I'm surprised he's not on the list of jobs for all the openings out there, Howard, because, you know, it, it's the same script. Michigan kind of struggles first half, second half. They just put the beat down. Yeah, you know, this was uh, from a defensive standpoint, you know, Clinksdale, the, the co-coordinator and, and mentor, they, they both – you know, express some concerns and just how good this, this Purdue uh, offense is. And really, uh, they they went on and on about Jeff Brom and just his ability, you know, to put defenses in conflict so often. Uh, it, it also brings, it kind of makes you wonder, what if Jeff Brom had a, you know, a really uber-talented team? You know, would he be able to, to accomplish? But, you know, they go in and they make those adjustments at halftime, and, and I think a lot of it, you know, is the reliability or, or relying on the players, giving them that feedback back, giving them feedback about what's going on on the field in the first place. And they're just able to make those halftime adjustments. And not only from a defensive standpoint, but offensively, you know, they tend to start to take over games as well uh, with the big offensive line starting to wear people down. Yeah, because, I mean, it's just like death and taxes. I mean, Purdue gave it their shot. I, I mean – you know, uh, Charlie Jones had a pretty nice day with, I think, like 13 receptions. They, you know, they 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 just got down to mistakes in the red zone, and then they kicked the field goal. And, and I remember a lot of people, the sad reality, Howard, I think I may have watched too much football because I think I understood what Brom was doing when he kicked that one field goal to get the score mm-hmm. to nine. Because everybody was like, well, yeah, you got to go for it. I'm like, well, you don't. You, you're still going to need two scores. So, but this way, a lot of people don't score touchdowns on Michigan in the second half. So instead of relying on two, you just need one and a field goal. And maybe yeah. you get lucky with a pick six, a scoop and score, or a busted play. But, yeah, I mean, the recipe for Michigan is, you know what, they, they just squeeze you. They don't let you score in the second half. And, and now, you know, they're the Big Ten champions. And then the next day, something interesting happened. <laughs> Two Big Ten teams made the college football playoffs. 
I yeah. saw it coming. You know, the second USC lost, yeah. you know, you heard the champagne bottles popping in Columbus. I, I mean, justifiably so, Howard. I mean, because Alabama and Nick, you know what? Hold on. I think Nick Saban's trying to join our show right now to campaign why he needs to be in the college football playoff. Did they make the right call here? Yeah, I think absolutely they made the right call. Um, you know, there was a lot of clamoring uh, about TCU, you know, dropping to to four. You know, I really didn't see it happen. I thought coming into this game, as long as if they lost, as long as it was close, you know, they were going to be able to hold serve, particularly you talk about once SC uh, had lost. And, you know, it's one of those things where you, they just continue to, to play well and, and they fought to the end. But then, you know, there's a lot of talk about Alabama as well. And, and yes, Coach Saban was all over the place, you know, saying or, or pleading his case for his team. Now, I was waiting. I was waiting for him to join you on set, yeah. <laughs> down <laughs> in Indy, and just tell, hey, hey uh, Dave, why don't you slide over? I, I need to talk to Howard and the yeah. boys. Yeah, it, it was one of those type of deals, right? He was everywhere, and uh, you know. So I, I think from the Alabama side too, I, I think I, I see what he was doing. I understand it. I think deep down he knew how slim their chances were, but I think he still needed to be out there pleading a case for his, for his institution. But, you know, again, I didn't see Ohio State being able to jump to number three, although, you know, a lot of people were wondering what kind of matchup would it be. They didn't want to necessarily see it, but you look at it this way, ESPN, this is going to be uh, their last go-around with the, with the um, coverage for, for a little bit anyway until Fox takes it over, until after Fox's deal is up. So it would have been a heck of a deal uh, had they been able to get it done that way. Yeah, I thought about that. But I guess uh, somebody sent me the deep buried in the bylaws. It's, there is a, something saying that they tried to avoid rematches yeah. in the semifinal, which is, I guess, why you didn't get Alabama-Georgia in the semifinal. If they meet, it'll be in the national title game. I did. I I, I thought that Ohio State should have jumped TCU. And, and it really, to me— once again, I watch way too much college football. Um, TCU, they just don't pass the eyeball test, meaning if I put Ohio State and TCU on a neutral field, who do I think would win? I think the Buckeyes would win. I'd be honest with you. If Ohio State and Alabama, I mean, if, if Alabama and TCU played, I probably would have did the same. Now, TCU did themselves a favor. They went into overtime. I think had that game... If it had continued to be a blowout, I think that they were done and they were out. But I I, I look at them and, and I look at the path. It's a good matchup for Michigan. I think that Michigan, I don't want to underestimate them, Howard. But then again, I'm not a coach, so I can give all the bulletin board material I want. Michigan has a bye to the national title. Playing TCU was, was the perfect team because – you know, Duggan, you know, he's a cute story. He's fun to watch. He's gritty. He goes out there. He gives it it all. But in the end, I just don't think that they have the playmakers to match up with the Wolverines and what the Wolverines are going to do. And even without Blake Corm, I, I don't think that you, you can be able to attack that defense. I mean, you're seeing guys like Will Johnson just getting better and better each game. Yeah, I, I, I do see that right now, in my opinion, I think we're at a path where it's Michigan-Georgia part two in the national title game at SoFi Stadium. You know, Rico, I think when you, when you talk about Michigan versus TCU, you can make the argument, right, that, that Michigan really got a first-place draw for an opportunity to play TCU. So, yeah, you can. Yeah, it's just one of those things, man. It's going to work out for them. Ohio State, Georgia, hmm, very interesting. You know, 
No Jackson Smith. Yeah. Wasn't able to answer some of the questions that they had versus Michigan. Georgia is closer to the style of play of Michigan uh, than anyone else. And we finally got an answer. Jackson Smith and the Jigba done for the year. So don't know what was going on with that young man, but at least we don't have to ask the questions anymore. He's just not playing. He's going to train, get ready for the NFL. I, I got to think that that's a bit of a blessing and a curse for the Buckeyes. Yeah, you would love to have him there, but now at least you know he's not there. Marvin, you're the main guy. Step up to the stage. Go out there and get. let's see what happens. Because, yeah, I'm very interested to see how Ryan Day recovers because the last thing that we saw – it got embarrassing in the second half against Michigan. And and honestly, I think that maybe maybe Coach Day took it a little too personal. Where the, the he made it the game personal and wasn't business. And you hear sometimes, I remember it was a phrase uh Coach D'Antonio used to say a lot where you gotta keep the lion in the cage, meaning you can't get emotional, you can't get and that's all Ohio State players were saying. Like, we live for this moment. We got scars and we got this. And it's like, well, guess what? You got more scars now because you went through the same thing at home in nice weather. Yeah, I think what happens, right? And, and I think that's the, the, the double-edged sword uh, when you talk about, okay, we are revamping everything we do. And it really is about being able to get back to that point, to be able to play Michigan, and you come up short. So now the psyche of the team, you know, kind of goes out of the window. What do we do now? Do we have to revamp what's happening? How do we how do we figure out how we're going to be able to compete? Because remember, at the time they lost, you know, it was over, right? right? So you can only imagine the mindset. So Coach Day and that coaching staff, they're going to have to do an unbelievable job of figuring out who they are and what they want to be in this matchup now. They've got a little time, but I don't expect schemes to be overhauled, right? You, you think about what they did and what Michigan was able to do offensively versus them. You know, there were some plays. You know, the defenses were called, but the matchups weren't great matchups. So oh, their players have to be able to execute much better than they did versus Michigan because if they don't, they're going to have some serious problems. They will. They will. And it's, you know, Georgia, I, I mean, honestly – you're right. I, I think they should have been swapped. I think Michigan got the number one seed without being the number one seed. Georgia, I mean, Vegas line says that the Ohio State game is going to be more competitive. That's going to be the primetime game. Mm-hmm. It's going to be fun to watch, fun to see, because we may be talking. I, Howard, I, I don't think it's that far out of the realm to say a, a Big Ten championship game, winner take all, Michigan-Ohio State. I mean, honestly, this is what Bo and Woody dreamed of back in the day. That not only do you win, not only do you beat your rival, but somebody gets the ultimate I can hold this over your head forever card. This is the ultimate. Yep, you can say all you want. We won the natty. Yeah, and that's what, um, you know, I was talking with uh, Dave Refson yesterday and Nicole Arbach, and, you know, we were really talking about how big could this game be, Ohio State-Michigan, for a national title this year? And I said, well, it would have to be bigger than one versus two, right? And Dave covered it up. You know, I was still following more of the pro game, but I saw, you know, following on the, on the outside, but not as close as I am to it now. And he agreed. I mean, the way social media is right now, uh, you know, the way sports are covered at this moment, 
it would be a monster game and do monster numbers. You could only imagine what those tickets would be going for for something like that. But, you know, both of them have to take care of business first, right? And I, right. I think people will tell you that they think Michigan, we've talked about it, Michigan has their opportunity to be there. Uh, the, the challenge is what's going to happen with Ohio State and how they how they are going to be able to defend, uh, you know, this Georgia offense. Because they you're talking about, you know, arguably the, the best tight end group right in the country they're growing them on trees and and one of them actually is a tree like six seven two seven yeah he's not even the best one yeah (laughs) bowers still has another year to go before he's even eligible for the draft you're right but and here's the thing the advanced line if michigan ohio state plays want to take a guess what is pick them Woo, okay. That makes sense because you need the money on both sides. That's a good way to go. <laughs> Pick them. Right. The, yeah. You know what? You let the fan bases dedicate. Okay, who wants to who wants to put the money where? Yep. Uh we're gonna get into more of the bowl games in another one. But I, I do oh. want to talk about something, Howard, that it's become its own day. Yesterday was transfer portal day. Woo. The portal opened up, and as of right now, when we're mm-hmm. recording. Over a thousand kids have now jumped into the portal. Yeah, it was funny because before, before we hopped on, my producer was like, "Man, you know, there's a problem with the portal. They got to come up with a new way to structure." And I'm like, "And this is just me. I don't think that they need a new way to structure this because the portal is what the portal is. I think you have a lot of kids making poor decisions, jumping in there, kind of thinking, oh, 'Oh, I'm gonna hop in the portal and I'm gonna be in the next.'" Kenneth Walker, I'm going to hop in the portal. I'm going to be next Jordan Addison. As soon as I hop in there, Nick Saban and Ryan Day and Jim Harbaugh are just going to swoop in and get me. And that they're going to soon find out that's not how it goes. Most people who go into the portal, like it or not, in their world, they take a step back. They take yeah. a step down. If you were, power five, you were at a power five school, you may go to a group of five school. You're in a group of five school, you may end up going division two or an independent. It's... When, when, when I see this, I, I almost want to just give a talk and say, fellas, don't jump into the portal unless you have a landing spot because a lot of you are going to be what I like to call the transfer homeless. You play football, you just don't have any place to be right now because nobody no wants you. No place to be. And I'll tell you, what, what's crazy is you throw through that number out at about 11 o'clock yesterday, 11.15, you know, I came across, they were about, they were little over 400 players in the portal at that time. So it just tells you just how quickly people are making decisions. And I gotta tell you something else. I, I think that uh, one of the things that's happening is out of Colorado, right? You know, with, with <laughs> Coach Pride. Uh, running that, that show out there in Colorado, you have guys jumping into the portal that never would have thought about going to Jackson State, but are you know trying to figure out a way that they can land in Colorado now, right? You know, Colorado academically has some issues with taking a lot of transfers. Now, maybe they have relaxed the rules, and maybe they promised Dion that they would relax them. But the the challenge with Colorado, one of the challenges there was they don't accept necessarily all the credits that are going to be coming in coming from no. The, I'm not just talking about players coming from Jackson State. I'm talking about anywhere. Right. Uh, that, I mean, it's the same. No, no, because I know, because the same, because they were talking about, because we had a couple of callers talking about Michigan should go after the people. I'm like, guys, Michigan is very, 
you know, they, they believe in the brand of their school, and it's very different. You could go and transfer, but think yeah. about it. A lot of their transfers, like the center that they got, grad transfers. Grad transfers. Right. That's what you need to be. Yeah, Shea so. Patterson went to Michigan and basically said, well, I'm just going to go ahead and nuke my entire academic career, start over as a freshman. He then went to the pros. He went back to Ole Miss and graduated from Ole Miss mm -hmm. because he had the credits there. So you're right. right. At Colorado – it's going to be difficult, but I mean, man, I've never seen a coach just kind of walk in there and say, here's the door. I, I brought my own luggage and it's Louie. And maybe, you know, you you just want to go ahead and, and, and hit that portal. Yeah. You know, I, I went back and, uh, you know, they, they now have the, the his entire uh, speech up because, you know, he's he's got documentaries going. They're recording everything. Right. Uh, they're putting it out on his social media and, and, and those sorts of things. And, some of the things he was telling those young folks, uh, you know, I, I don't necessarily uh, agree with. But no, I don't you know, either. I get you. I get. I get what you're trying to do and what you want to do. Shake things up, and, and maybe that's what they need out of Colorado. They need to shake some things up. But I, I'd say this: this is going to be, it's going to be a challenging situation because Colorado is hurting for resources. I mean, they, you know, financially. It's not a great situation when you talk about being able to compete at the highest level and being able to go out and do the different things you're trying to do. Rick George was a recruiting coordinator uh, when I was a you know a freshman at Illinois, so I've known Rick for a long time, and you know I, I think this was a move that you talk about two two people, Colorado mm -hmm. and then Dion. Both of these guys needed that opportunity, and I think they've come together. And it's going to be a marketing machine. There's no doubt about it. It'll be interesting, though, to watch really once once spring ball starts for mm -hmm. them to really keep an eye on that program to see just how many players are just going to be like, eh, I'm out of here, or how many players are going to be trying to get there. So they're, they're definitely going to have an influx of talent. And I think one of the reasons they figured, hey, we can run some guys off. And he openly said, you know, we're going to run some of you guys off. That's just the way it's going to be. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. One of the kids asked the question, well, what about the injured guys? He said, well, if you weren't worth a darn when you were injured, then if they tell me you weren't worth a darn while you were hurt, I, I, you can just hug, kiss, right. and say goodbye. So, right. I mean, it's a harsh reality that he's got going on up in Boulder. He said, hey, when I get back, some things are going to be changing. Right. I just wonder if they knew because – Look, Coach Prime is Coach Prime, and and hopefully you knew what you were getting when 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 you got him. And I, I would say when they hired him, but you know I think it was either the, the the president or the athletic director saying, "We don't know where we get the money from, but we'll we'll find the money." Like, did, did they just get Dion on layaway? Like what? Like that that was a strange. It was just, just some strange comments, but yeah, I think. I, I just hope that they're ready because every coach kind of brings their little quirks with them. 
And the things that the fans love are the same things the fans are going to hate down the line. It's like P.J. Fleck and row the boat and mm-hmm. running down the sideline at the fourth quarter. And, you know, that's that's just him. And Dion is going to bring the personality. He's going to bring the swag. He's going to bring the cameras. I, I, I'm just I'm anxious to see how that relationship is going to work out, Howard, because either, either Colorado becomes this big-time thing or – you know, Dion's probably moved on in a couple of years to, to Florida State, where we all think he's going to end up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and that's what I meant. I think, you know, Colorado needs eyeballs on them. You know, that's that's what they need. They need attention. They need to get people involved in the program. They need to start selling out. And it, like I said, it's, it's it's not a great situation right now. So they, they needed a way to, to try to fix it and, and drum up uh, interest and I guess if you if you're Colorado and you're in that type of situation and you see what Deion Sanders did at Jackson State and uh, some of as much interest as he's gotten there and surrounding that program, it's been huge. So you say, well, we've got a whole lot more resources in Jackson State. We may not have the resources that some of the other uh, programs may have in our conference, but you know they expected you know figure that out, but. That was Rick George who said, well, we don't have all the money yet, but we're going to get it. You're absolutely right. It's a strange it's a strange uh, yeah. uh, comment to make. But, I mean, that's the type of situation uh, Dion is walking into, and he's got to be okay with it because they made the deal. Yeah, and I look at uh, just the way the portal has hit the, the Big Ten, and teams are going to look different. I mean, we, we're used to the coaches going different places, but when, when you see Braylon Allen, Wisconsin, Graham Mertz. Uh, you saw Kay McNamara. He's going to Iowa. Eric All just popped his name in there. Like the, these aren't like backups. These are these are some names that we all know. And it's like, wow, you know, it's like Iowa, because I guess, you know, Kay McNamara goes to Iowa, looks like Eric All may be joining him there. And Iowa kind of I mean, that's a shot in the arm for the Iowa offense. I mean, they've already always put tight ends in the league, and now mm-hmm. you got a quarterback, and, you know, he's trying to bring his buddy. Like I said, with Allen, the best rusher for Wisconsin, and I guess you don't expect him to up and leave. Like, I, I, I don't know. I mean, Howard, is it just simply you, you're, each kid has now become their own brand, and they're just looking for the best situation, and – to hell with team and and the hell with the program. I, I think this is what you, you're seeing. You, you're seeing, uh, you know, when there's turnover, when when people uh, decide they want to move on from a program because maybe they've been injured and they haven't had a chance to really show their wares. They say, okay, you know, this, being able to be able to go out and compete right away gives them that ability to, to pick and choose. But you're right. The numbers right now of the players and not just guys that are disgruntled. I'm talking about guys that, that are starters. Right. You look at Notre Dame, kid starts 10 games, goes eight and two, and jumps in the port. Right. Right. I, that, I didn't understand now. I'm like, okay, do they have another quarterback coming down the pipe that he's afraid of? DJ uh, Ungalele leaves Clemson. I think we all kind of saw that one coming but Spencer Sanders from Oklahoma State, JT Daniels is leaving and hopping back in the portal again. I, somebody yeah. just needs to have a talk with that young man. It's not every other school son. It just may be you. 
You may want to settle down and get a degree. He's in a different spot. Right. So, yeah, it's, um, you know, I, I think this year, you know, it's really it, it, people, for whatever reason, coaching changes, uh, playing time. Um, we're seeing just so many young people decide to, you know, they want to they want to go and get in the portal and, and, and see what they can get worked out. And I think the other side of it, too, is you're seeing teams that, you know, if guys aren't up to par, they're moving on from them. And they're moving on from them because they now know that it's really free agency out there. (laughs) You've got a database and you've got plays. You've got a whole department that's been watching these players. And you know that that they're disgruntled. So you're already in there uh, recruiting those players. And and to me, the whole recruiting process, and this is where I think that uh, NCAA is going to miss a little bit on this one. Because when they start talking about tampering, the challenge is the really good recruiters, the really good recruiting coaches and departments, those relationships that they have with those players does not end when they choose a different school. Right. It, it, it doesn't work that way. Right. I mean, because a lot of these coaches and players uh, and have been communicating with each other for so long that it's turned into a more of a friendship. And, you know, something's going to happen you're going to be able to go back and just say, hey, well, coach or or the, the college coach is calling the high school coach saying, hey, well, you know, it doesn't look like he's too happy over there. Yeah. And the high school coach and the 707 coach end up being the, the, the intermediary to set up some of these deals. So, you know, guys are able to hop in the portal and hop right back out when they're ready to uh, commit to that next place. Yeah, I mean, because I think the biggest name was Drake May, the quarterback for North Carolina. That was free agency. That wasn't hitting the portal. Now, he's still, I guess, as of now, at North Carolina. But it's a lot of smoke there, Howard, which leads me to think that if the right school, as you say, it's a lot of back-channeling going on from 707 coaches to high school coaches to just people. And, hey, if he were to be interested in this school, I got to think that May realizes I've hit a ceiling at North Carolina. There's only mm-hmm. so far I can go. And you look at, a, you know, Caleb Williams at, at USC, who probably is going to end up winning the Heisman. He's already, right. you know, there. Mm-hmm. You know, Drake is going to be highly sought after if he goes into that portal because he's the guy that when you look at teams like, a, you know, Bama moving on from Bryce Young or something like that, you got instant success. You got a defense and you got weapons and you add him. Yeah, I mean, I can only imagine it. And, you know, and I, I know the Carolina coach was upset because he said a lot of people are tampering with my guy and leave him alone and stop bothering him. But there's really, as you say, it's a relationship. If I'm just calling and I've been calling you for years just to see how you're doing, how things going, how's your family, because you you throwing recruiting some guys, it's just recruiting. And some guys, you actually get a bond with and you connect over mm-hmm. certain things and you just kind of like, hey, man, you know, hey, it may be Marvel movies. Hey, did you see the new Black Panther movie? What would you think about it? You know, you're not talking football, but, yeah, yeah, if you got those connections that maybe you're like, hey, coach, if I were to come there, what would it be? And, I mean, if you're a coach, what do you say? No, stay there because this, this man can help you. I mean, you saw USC went from – and also ran to yeah. a shot at the college football playoff. Now, 
you know, once once Caleb got injured in that game, it was pretty much over, and, and, and Utah made sure of that. But, yeah, I mean, if you get the right move, then, yeah, you become Kenneth Walker at Michigan State. You become, you know, Caleb Williams at USC. But, Howard, for 99% of these kids, man, it, you just want to say – you do realize once you go in the portal, you're giving up your scholarship, and it's one is not guaranteed to you. I don't think that the portal can make it any clearer. Now, maybe that's just me, but I'm I look at it to the point of yeah, it, it, it's not the portal killing kids' careers; it's the kids killing their career. It's the bad advice. It's the yeah. you're the next blank. You're the next this person. You you could be the next Derrick Henry if you go here, like. Well, if you weren't Derrick Henry at your first school, what makes you think you're going to be Derrick Henry at the next school? Exactly. And, and, you know, that's the unfortunate part of it. And, you know, players, the reality is this, right? So you look at a, a class of, what is it, 25 that you decide every year? Right. Right. The, a third of those players won't play, won't be even major contributors to your team. And that's just the way it goes. It, it's hard. And, you know, you're recruiting each and every year. New players coming in, players are getting better, and you know a large fraction of, of uh, part of that class doesn't end up being major contributors, and that's just the numbers that they are. So when you start to think about, okay, well I'm gonna go and I'm gonna jump to this place, and they're, they are they're telling me I'm gonna play right away. Okay, you still got to come in there and you got to be able to compete. Yeah. And if you know some of these places, you know, there people are, are are going there with. They're, they're not even close to having their degrees at their first place. Right. And then you also have the the newest thing, which I like to call the take the money and run, uh, where you get money, big check to go to this school. And mm-hmm. all of a sudden, like you look at a school like Texas A&M, mass exodus. They spent a few, uh, I, want, I think they said they spent like $38 million in NILs on the previous class the freshman class from last year. Mm-hmm. And a bunch of them hit the portal, Howard. Yeah. Checks cashed, cleared, and now mm-hmm. they're, it's like, okay, now I'm going to go pick the school that I always wanted to go play for. Mm-hmm. I, I mean. They pick another check. Right, and and go get another. And now they're saying, well, they paid me this. And I, I, see, I would have a hard time as a coach because I, I, I can't pay an incoming recruit millions of dollars. That's That's me. Yeah. And I may end up getting fired. If you mm-hmm. get there and you're CJ Stroud and you put up numbers, son, I'm gonna help you get millions. Yeah. But I look at a whole, I mean, just look at the quarterback position, Howard. I think the top 20 quarter, like the top 20 quarterbacks, the elite 11 quarterbacks, every year, I think on average, three, three or four actually turn out to be something, which means yeah. 16 other guys are gonna get this fat paycheck and may end up at another school, at an Eastern Michigan, or just out of football. That's why I can't do it. But, yeah, there's a lot of guys that they're getting that big hefty money up front, mm-hmm. and now they're jumping in the portal. I don't think that they're going to get that amount of money because I got to think, Howard, if, if if you were good enough, you would still be playing. Yeah. If, if, if you know, you're, I paid you a million dollars to come in to be my top corner, why would you leave? Yeah, I, I don't get it. Yeah, it, it's it's one of those things. But there there are programs out there, right? That, are, that all they need, and, and I think the reality is, it, it, if if you want to be in the college playoff, you have to have a difference maker under center. 
a guy that's going to be can make plays with his arms, his legs, a guy that's going to play mistake-free football or, or just has that it factor. And, and I think that's what you have in the four teams that are, that are going to play uh, in, the, in the 14 playoffs this year. They, you know, some of them are, are incredible athletes and quarterbacks. Some of them just have that it factor, and, right. and they're just winners. Um, but there are other institutions that are right there on the edge, on the outside, saying, I'm just a quarterback away. I am a big-time quarterback away. And as you mentioned, it's, it's going to be interesting to see where the Clemson quarterback goes because he didn't all of a sudden become a bad football player. No, he didn't. Uh, whether he wasn't being developed because they made some changes. Uh, we never maybe got comfortable. I don't know, but that's going to be what, what coaches are going to be telling themselves. When we get here, we can develop them. We know what to do with them. The system's going to fit him perfectly. Now, maybe it will. But see, now it also is, it, then it comes to the point where the bird in the hand, you have this quarterback, but man, you got this other one who could be better. Do you jettison the one that you have? Because you're thinking, yeah, he he could probably get us to nine, 10 wins, but if mm-hmm. we could get DJ in here, if, like for yeah. me, I look at Spencer Sanders. I don't know how much Big 12 football you saw at Oklahoma mm-hmm. State. His only problem, Howard, he doesn't know how to dial it back. He goes 100% at all times, and that's what keeps getting him hurt. Well, he won't slide. He won't go out of bounds. He takes the big hit. But, man, when it, when he was playing and he was he was not injured, mm-hmm. well, I mean, he was a touchdown scoring machine. So, yeah, when you look at players and you're like, well, wow, we, we, we have this QB. And, I mean, you don't see it happen that often. Like Michigan did it with J.J. They had K, but they moved on to J.J. saying – I think he could take us one more step to pass yeah. where you could go. If you're a head coach, man, how do you, how do you look at the the bird in the hand that you have and say, you know, let, let's just say you're looking at a Peyton Thorn and like, well, we got a shot at DJ, but we got Peyton Thorn. We know we got with Peyton. Do you take that chance on the on the new quarterback, knowing this could blow up in your face because now you got a bad QB and you lost your other QB that you had. Yeah, I mean, that's it, it, it's dangerous, right? I mean, it's as dangerous as it, could, as it could be when you talk about whether or not a player is going to stick around. But, you know, the reality is, I mean, you you, you mentioned Cade and you mentioned J.J. And I, I think if, it, if J.J. was a different person than, than who he is as a person, uh, he probably would have walked out of there last year not yeah. winning the job, right? And to know that, okay, I've still got to compete to win, um, you know, He's a five-star that everybody wanted. And quite frankly, you know, even before he enrolled in Michigan, Michigan was not playing really well. You know, there was just rumors, and it never came from from J.J. or, or J.J.'s family that but he might not enroll. People were saying, well, they were rolling the dice. Like, why would he go to Michigan? Michigan can't figure out offense. They can't do this, they can't do that. But he was steadfast along with Edwards to, to the program, and now – you, know, you can make the argument that those two are the faces of Michigan football, uh, and those are the two names and faces you're going to see as we lead up to this uh, 14 playoffs, and hopefully they take are able to make the next step and be in a championship game. Um, but, yeah, it, it's always risky with quarterbacks. You, you never know because those guys are always looking to see, okay, if they're not 100% in, right. their handlers and people that are around them are saying, well, things don't go well, this is going to be where we're headed. This will be our landing spot. So it's tough, but, you know, that that's where we are right now in college athletics. 
Well, Howard, uh, I would say go ahead and get yourself ready because I think the Big Ten Network is going to be doing some shows from uh, L.A. I think they will get at least one, if not two, Big Ten teams in there. I think Michigan, uh, honestly, I, I think they're going to destroy TCU. On, and then we'll see what happens with Ohio State. But transfer port, Howard, don't enter the portal. Okay, stick right. with me. I'm not going in the portal. Okay, <laughs> stick with me. We'll come back on, on Thursday. We'll have some more stuff talking about uh, college football. Uh, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Make sure you guys keep subscribing. Tell your friends. Keep liking the Five Star Zone. For Howard, I'm Rico. Thanks for watching. We'll be back next uh, later on this week.